Hey guys, welcome to episode four of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Combo number five, and my fellow host is the only being who makes sitting in a chair look cooler than a Loro, Big Tuck. Ah. Big Tuck, what's up, man? What up, what up, what up? What up? How you doing? How you doing there, Monsieur Cinco? Ooh, oui, oui, oui. Ooh, oui, oui. And yes, I'm wearing pants again. I, it is crazy. <laughs> now, to be fair, it isn't as hot out as it has been, but you are wearing a shirt I don't like. I don't like those heart things with the things inside of them. We, ah, come on. Me and Davis just talked about it, but so, so wearing, basically, I'm, he's making fun of my Charlie Hustle Kansas City heart T-shirt. It's basically just a heart. It says KC in it because Kansas City's fantastic, and uh, Big Tuck has zero fashion sense. Now, so. to be to be fair, I am wearing my requisite brewery hat and brewery T-shirt that are not matching. So hey, I'm ready. I got I got a, I got an IPA in hand and uh, ready to talk about some EDH. There we go. So everyone, thanks for tuning into our podcast, and this was only able to happen by our awesome producer Squee McGee and his production company, Rich Chaos Records, here in Kansas City. Squee, what's up, man? That's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, boys. Another one. There another it is. Another one. Yeah, Mr. Rogers over there. And, ano- and another one. Tom Hanks. <laughs> oof. Oof. <laughs> people, people were clapping during that trailer. The trailer's great. It looks so... I cried a little bit. I teared up That's embarrassing. End. I teared it's, up. It's just heartpull.movie. I so, see nothing wrong with heartpull.movie. I, I don't have a heart. <laughs> um, and also, guys, big shout out to the music provided in this episode by Pink Royal. Before we kind of get into our last week games like we normally do, I want to say you got to stay tuned in to this podcast for the very end because we're going to make a cool announcement about our September giveaway. But who am I kidding? You're just going to fast forward and just listen to how to win a free foil. You got to find out later. Ooh, Ooh. It could be anything. Could be anything. It could be a foil seventh edition. Swamp. Ooh. It could also be a foil land tax. <laughs> it also could be a foil basic land that I found crumpled up on the sidewalk. I like it. I like it. I like it. So, uh, last week games, guys. I want to start off with my first one. Yeah, yeah. Aloro. Aloro kicked some booty. <laughs> so if you're not you're not familiar, Aloro is the laziest EDH yeah, general out there. It's they, kind it's kind of in the same. That was actually in the same block as Prosh, where they are one of the first sets that was specifically geared towards Commander in the Command Zone. Mm. That was the first, and up until recently, the only thing that had a static ability in the Command Zone. And I love it. It's fantastic. He's the laziest of men. Yeah. Uh, he basically gains you life on uh, your upkeep, whether he's on the battlefield or not. So usually you never cast him. Yes. But it was great because I had some, you know, mana rock, basic mm-hmm. ramp, nothing crazy. I don't run mana crypt or anything in this deck. Uh, but <laughs> I did get Bolus's Citadel out turn four. Nice. Top deck. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So, uh, top deck. It was a land. I'd already played land for turn, so couldn't do anything. Oh. But then turn five, I just straight out valued everyone. I played that card that cost like seven that you gain three life on each upkeep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, played that guy, played a few other big beaters, uh, just basically made it to where both of my opponents were like, screw you, we're done, we quit. Yeah, that's and I was like, your hey. Fa- your favorite victory. A that cons- is a my concession. favorite. That is my favorite. <laughs> they weeped a little bit. I captured their tears and put it up on my uh, mantle. Yes. So what was one of the games that you want to talk about? So if anyone remembers, the very first episode, Mr. Combo made uh, allusions to I kind of do some crazy deck building. And you talked about how impressed you were with my Zur build of cycling. Yep. So I played it a couple times, and maybe I just had bad games, and I thought it was kind of weak. But on Sunday, 
It was unstoppable. Really? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And a uh, spoiler alert for those playing the home game, that is next up on our series, so we'll get a little more into that. Ooh. And it's not that broken, but uh, <laughs> it turns out being able to exile any creature for the entire turn effectively whenever you want to is really good. What? <laughs> yeah, that could be good. it could have been anything. So, yeah, it just it, it really fired on all its cylinders. So it was really fun to see it. And I think I was somewhat lucky in the fact that the people who I was playing with were somewhat new, so they didn't immediately oh, just gotcha. hate kill the Zer player, <laughs> which usually happens in that, and sure. you have to beg and plead for them not to. So anyways, uh, it, was, it was really fun just to go through the whole deck cycling. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I do want to end with one last game. This is a joint game that me and Big Tuck played. It was when I had my Atraxa deck. Oh, yeah. And Big Tuck just straight pouty quit. Yeah. Just being I'm, like, no, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm finished. I can see it at like 25 <laughs> life, I think. But yep. to be fair, I wasn't going to be able to play the game. And that's you just, fair. And you just tricked Davis into not attacking I your Narset. I did Narset. not trick Yes, okay. you absolutely did. L- let's set the plane for everyone. He was playing his ninja deck. Me and the other player were both at like 16, 17 lines. I was at 38. <laughs> and he was at 38. And I basically made a deal with, I believe he was playing his Boros deck. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm going to play Ugin, the Planeswalker, where I could exile all the colored crap on the board and it'll kill you. Or I could just use a plus ability to kind of shoot down his stuff. But hey, don't swing at my Ugin until... Big you, Tuck is You going. also tricked him into attacking me instead of the Narset Planeswalker, which ultimated and locked us both out of the game. Schmantics. I was just say statement of facts. So, so anyway, it was another concession on my behalf, and I imploded and felt pretty bad about it. <laughs> yep, so. yep. Uh, I also only had one beer at that point, so I think that was probably the issue, because uh, I didn't have my requisite four by my third game of Magic <laughs> on a Sunday. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. But no, it was mm-hmm. it, it was a good game. I ended up winning it anyways, because I had the Otha to out there, yeah. I could do my double planeswalker stuff, and it just uh, Planes- ended, ended in a victory. Planeswalker stuff did planeswalker stuff, yep, so yep. that was so, it. Anyway, guys, those were our games from last Sunday. So let's get into this deck tech series. Brews and Builds is our deck tech series, and it's all about the decks that Big Tuck and I have, and that path to 32. So each podcast, we're going to talk about one of that path to 32, but in a cool manner of brewing beers. So we broke it down into four categories. Ramp and setting your board state is called the grain bill. Yep, and grains are the foundation of any beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer, which is what everyone drinks them for. Uh, Decks always need a way to grow, to stabilize, and to ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. Cool. So the next thing's going to be, how does your board interact with the rest of the board? We're calling that the hop profile. Yeah, and and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do exactly what it wants. And then the next one is going to be, how does your deck actually close out or win the game? That is called yeast. Yes, and yeast is a very, very important ingredient in any beer. They're actually microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. So you're saying flat sugar water as in Kool-Aid. Yes, exactly. Awesome. I think I could drink that. Very (laughs) multi-Kool-Aid. And then we have shenanigans. And these can be pet cards, synergies that you have in the deck that are just fun. It could be cards that you have an emotional attachment to. We're calling that the spice package. And not every beer has these, but spices and additives help turn a normal stock beer from... 
a basic one to a specialty. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or just like Big Tuck Brewing's most recent edition, could be the dry hops that turn it from a normal pale ale into a tropical pale ale. Ooh, mysterious. Ooh. Similarly, not every deck has something that can really make it pop. But if it does, this is the place we talk about. Absolutely. And then to really cap it all off, being redundant, we have the bottle capping, which is just Big Tux and I's opinions of what's going on in the world of magic, whether that be physical cards, the MTG arena, this could be the movie like the Netflix series. Heck, it could be a new type of chewing tobacco. But that's where we're just going to kind of give you our five, ten minutes because we know that we are your 19th listen to <laughs> podcast. And you know what? We just don't want to bore you yeah. with another hour long thing about the band list. We figured let's cram it down into yep. five, ten minutes and kind of get on with our and day. If, and if you're in, into EDH as much as we are, you know a lot of this stuff already. So exactly. it's just our little take on it. Yep, absolutely. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Today's deck tech is actually going to be about my mono black deck. That's Shirai, Shitsos Caretaker, or better known in our play group as Itty Bitty Teeny Weenies. Itty Bitty 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 Itty Bitty Bitty. Now, to those who play this deck somewhere else, there's not a single Shadowborn Apostle to be seen in this deck. So, which, is one, which I think is one thing that's really cool about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually got the idea from Richard from MTG Goldfish about a year and a half ago, maybe, maybe two years. Uh, I saw it on a Command Clash episode, and he played it, and I was like, that seems like a lot of fun because yeah, yeah. At, at that point I hadn't actually started my path to 32 I was just on a what's the next thing I want to build yeah. and I always kind of steered away from the colors like Golgari was just graveyard value and it's just like oh this is kind of boring yep. and it seemed like black was really just uh oh, we're just gonna drain life I'm gonna gain life there's gonna be some graveyard stuff there's big demons and that just didn't really interest me at all now before we get into that I had a question for you Mr. Combo because I know how upset you were about the paradox engine banning and how that affected your stake in the game if you will sure loose quotation marks so can you tell me how much did this I know you have a foil of it how much did this cost as a foil when you first got it Maybe 30 bucks. Okay. So how upset were you when it got reprinted in Ultimate Masters? And I'm taking a look right now, and unfortunately, the Ultimate Masters is a buck, and then the original printing in Kamigawa block is 12. Oh how, do you, how, do, how do you feel about that? That doesn't upset me that much because it's only $20. It's, a, it's not 200 It's not $200. <laughs> but not it's, 200 dull hairs. But it is crazy because I think that's a good example of we, we don't know when these cards that are really valuable are going to get reprinted on a whim pretty yep. much. So I was looking at the deck earlier and saw that and thought you might have felt not great about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's funny because even Squeeze over there rebuilding his Elf Silencia deck and he has a, a card in there that's only been printed once. Uh, Squee, what card is that? Reese. Reese the Redeemed. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that if you look up a Reese non-foil, they're like 30 bucks, $20. But if you look up a foil one because it's only been printed once, uh -huh. 350 bucks. What? Yeah. From oh, just looked. the base. I did look. Just the base one? Yeah. Wow. It's brutal. Banana hammock. Yeah. Banana hammock for a foil. But anyways, yeah, we're back, getting off back, on a yeah, tangent. Back, back to the, the so, task at hand. So basically, I grabbed Richard's deck list, and I looked at it, and honestly, for the most part, it was just like, oh, you basically put all your draft fodder in here, the power <laughs> one or less. So I, you know, I took a few of the ideas, like you know, some of the enchantments that we may or may not get into, but I kind of made it into my own combo jank. And it's funny, because this actually started off was one of my few under $200 decks yeah, yeah. Uh, because the deck was just comprised of a lot of common, mm -hmm. uncommon jank. But then uh, I think it has now, if you look on uh, Tapped Out, around 750 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so Indeed. it is no longer one of those budget decks. 
So, you know, pretty much what the concept of the deck is, is just doing graveyard value engine, but nothing degenerate like a Shadowborn Apostles mm-hmm. or anything yep. to that, you know, perspective. It's really just having a bunch of value power one and less guys, and when they die, they come back, and I do that every single turn. So, you know, Big Tuck, what are your general thoughts on the deck? You know, you've played against it a few yeah, times, yeah. so. It's fu- it's really fun. This was actually the first game I think I played against you when I moved back to Kansas City from Fort Collins. Okay. So it's a little attached to that. One thing I did wonder, though, and I, I think this is going to touch on how you made it a little more unique. So I feel that most people, when they think of one power toughness creatures, they think of an insanely low curve. Sure. You know, maybe a two, the commander itself is a four, or I'm sorry, a five. five. So... I noticed that your curve on this was actually sort of high yeah. at, and not extraordinarily big like a, like my Prosh or anything, but a 3.59. Yep. And uh, I looked through kind of the CMCs and it make I think they all make sense. And is that, do you feel that that was you trying to get your own unique spin on the deck and that's just a side effect of it? Or did you, do you think that you found picks and different cards that worked with it the way you wanted it to? So, you know, th- that's a very interesting question. So before I answer that though, to give everyone out there that doesn't know what Shirai even does, Oh, great. Let, yes. let me just describe what she does, Good and then call. I'll answer that, because I think it'll make sense on why I went this direction. So Shirai is a black spirit, four colorless swamp. It is a 2-2. Whenever a power, whenever a creature with power one or less is put into your graveyard from play, keyword there, from play. From play. So it's not something you can mill. It's not something you can discard from your hand. It does have to be on the battlefield. But that uh, does, it is not immediately followed by on your turn. Correct. Yes. And so the next line of text says you may return that creature card to play under your control at end of turn if Shirai is still in play. And that's the big thing is because it allows you to have this value of your zero yes. or one power yeah. stuff, go to the graveyard during everyone's turns, and then come back as long as Shirai is still in play. Now, granted, that is two big things there, and then I'll kind of answer Big Tuck's question. One, if you do any of your sacrificing craziness, you have to do that while your opponent has passed priority going from second main phase yes. to instep. You cannot do this during the instep because right. instep happens, trigger goes on the stack, stack, it's not going to see any of the creatures in there. Yep. So that's one that's very, very important. Second thing is Shirai, it says, is still in play. So mm-hmm. it's not something that you can sack a bunch of yeah. stuff, cast Shirai with that mana, and then it's going to bring everything yeah. back. She has to see it go, and she has to stay there to bring it like, back. A counter example would be Marchesa's ability. As soon as the creature dies with the 1-1 counter on it, yep. that ability then goes on the stack and becomes state-based. So with this one, you got to make sure Shirai is out there. Absolutely. So to answer your question about the high curve, so I actually did this math myself because I didn't realize that my curve's so high because it never <laughs> plays that high. Yeah, right. So what I ended up doing is I kind of added the lands. So I got 34 lands in the deck, yep. so that takes the deck down to 66 cards. And really, 65, if you take out the commander, right? over half of those 65 cards are actually CMC 3 or less. Okay, gotcha. So what it ends up doing is, the reason the curve is so high is when you break it down on tapped out, I have a bunch of like 7, 8, and 9 costs that just jack up the curve so mm-hmm. much because you got to think they're countering 1 and 2 cost things. Right. So the average just ends up being so high, but it's about a, a little over 50% is 3 or less, so that way I'm able to, you know, big daddy mana, black mana, 
gonna dump all that stuff out. And so, you know, I, I thought that was interesting too because, and, you know, wh when I was doing it, I was like, man, I didn't realize the yeah. curve was that high because I've never had that issue. And you have so many one and two drop creatures that generate a lot of value that if you can get a couple of them in your opener, by the time you're ready to go off with some of your bigger cards, you already have your defenses up. Yep. You're already getting value out of that. It's really, it kind of segues into the bigger payoff cards that cost a little more down the road. Yep, yep, absolutely. And then the last thing we'll hit on before we dive into that grain bill the, is I did. The, the color land distribution? You got this one, 100%. <laughs> I think it's a lot of black mana? Yes, I think that's, I'm, let me, let me check my notes here. Yeah, that checks out. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, I did hit on the cost a little bit earlier. I said it's over 700 bucks, about 750. But the one thing I will say, so if you're listening to this, you're like, I would love to build a deck, but you know, my budget's yeah. 250, $300, whatever that is. <laughs> Three of the cards are actually special edition cards. Yes. So you can actually make the deck for well under $400. Oh, and, you know, okay. Yeah. If you cut out, if you cut out the- Yeah, Liliana, Liliana Last Liliana, Hope, yeah. San Diego Comic-Con, that's almost $200 on its own. The Meek Stone yeah. is 50 bucks. Uh, the, other, then, the other foil Liliana's normally yep. $5, and I think here is 35 so that's yep. six times the amount. Yep, yep, yeah, so, you know. But you, the, covet, you covet those shiny things. I love the shiny you things. You love those shiny things. And I, and I love shiny Planeswalkers. That's one thing yeah. you will see probably with every single deck tech I do that's one of my decks. It will have foil Planeswalkers just because that stuff yep. gets me rock hard in the morning. But see, that has great downstream effects for me because then I can get your normal Planeswalkers for the cheap because you don't even want them. Yeah, that's fair. So, that's fair. so I'm on board. Yeah, there I'm, we on, go. I'm on board with it. All right, guys, let's dive into this yes. green bill. Big Tuck, kick us off. What's your number one Okay, pick? so the one I chose to start off with is one of those, not higher, but it is more than one or two. Okay. It's one of the arguably best quote-unquote ramp cards in black. Let's go with the enchantment, Black Market. Oh, yeah. Did you get this? Did you skip this one or no? No, okay. of course not. What? Really? You don't like Wait, it? I got way better ones. Okay. So Black Market, for those uh, who are wondering, is a black enchantment for three colors and two black. And it says, whenever a creature dies, I'm going to repeat that. Whenever a creature dies, one more time, whenever a creature dies, put a charge counter on it. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, add black to your mana pool for each charge counter on black market. Now, why does that matter when it just says whenever a creature dies? Right, and you would think, oh, I don't know, but it's not only your creatures, it's any creature. It's so, anyone. So, board wipe gets huge. There's so much sacrifice and value trains in this, it's probably gonna get huge on your own. And it's a great way to get mana to funnel into some bigger spells, like you said. Sure. This makes it casting those seven, nine drops, whatever they need, or some of those X spells that you have in here, even cheaper. The other thing too that I've noticed when playing this is that it's very rare that this card gets played and immediately taken off, destroyed, exiled, whatever, totally before, agree. before you get a wrap. Because a lot can happen in one round around. Yep. You know, if you're playing against my Prosh deck, you're guaranteed to get triggers because that's how that deck works, right? Yep. And it's just strange that I feel this card can very easily fly under the radar as an enchantment. The way I look at it, this card doesn't draw the immediate hate value because I think people's mindsets are, well, it doesn't have any counters on it. Yeah. We gotta wait till their turn anyways for them to get any value. Right. Let me see if someone else deals with this. Oh, sure, yeah. And then, and then I spend my mana, but then it's like, oh. And then someone board wipes because they have to to stop the other yep. person. And, and then, then it's you, like, wait, you get 15 charge counters. Wasn't and, someone going to yeah. destroy that? And it's like, oh, well, I'm tapped out now. And you're like, thank you. <laughs> All right, I'll take I'll, 10 mana. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, I think this is one of those cards that most two-color or mono black decks run. It's just a really good value engine yep. and works really well in this deck with all the sacrifice themes too. Dude, I'm totally on board. Yeah. So my first one, I think, is a better ramp package for it. Seldelva 
Adnate. So Delvia Adnate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, it's a 94-cent card. Yeah, from uh, Alliances. Yeah. Because <laughs> we all remember that block. <laughs> what? So it's a black cleric. It's a one-colorless black to cast. Mm-hmm. Tap it, sacrifice a black or artifact creature to add an amount of black equal to that creature's casting cost to your mana pool. Play this ability as an interrupt. That's a great card yes. to have because you can now start to... You have A, a sacrifice outlet on a creature. B, if someone target removes it, which I've actually had people do. Really? Yep. I, I uh, our, our buddy Ian, that's going to do some of the art for us, actually yeah. did this. Because I kept sacrificing like really, really that value, good values. Value, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because there are some creatures that have that power, one or less, mm-hmm. but actually... Cost a, a fair more. amount of mana. Think of like mindless automaton. Yeah, sure. Or the, or even uh, marionette master. Yep. That costs six, and you can. There's a lot of different ways you can go with that to get that mana back. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very versatile. And, and but then the great thing about Soldevia or Sold, I don't know. I think so, it's. I think it's Soldevi. Soldevi. Yeah. All right, there we go. It's the, it's the list. People it's either, don't it's judge either me. Soldevi or Soldevi. So whatever. Uh, I'm gonna call it Adnate. We have our we have our wonderful Midwestern <laughs> dialects. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> uh, but it actually has a power one, like I mentioned. So even if people target remove it, unless you get exile, oh, it, you, I'm just gonna, you it's you just gonna sack come right it back. To itself? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I don't care. Have so. you ever sacked it to itself? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Just, not for not even for the mana. Just, just for the value. Yeah. Sure. Just why not? Totally. So totally, yeah, totally. What's your uh, number two? So uh, my next one is a personal pet card, which this is. I've tried this in a lot of different decks, and this is the only one it's worked on. It's also a name that a lot of ex girls have call, ex girlfriends have called me, uh, and that card is Mindless Automaton. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, is this you got this? Nope. Oh really? Wow. I feel like the rules are reversed. Last podcast, I kept being like, "You got this one," and you're like, "Nope." No. And now it's the other way. <laughs> so okay, Mindless Automaton. It's an artifact creature. So you and actually this plays perfectly into the last card. Yep. The uh, Soldevi Adnates, four colorless to cast, artifact creature construct. It's a zero zero. When it enters the battlefield, put two one one cards on it. For one colorless and discarding a card, you can add another one one counter onto it, and then you can remove two counters from it to draw a card. So if you have your commander out, this means you get to draw a free card with every no drawback turn. every turn. Absolutely. And I don't know, I, I looked through this briefly. I don't know how much graveyard recursion you have outside of your commander very, very little, little and we'll yeah. talk about that a little bit okay. later so um this could also for for those specific cases if you have them there's one in your spice package you could discard a big hitter or something knowing that you have this other turn set up sure and then be able to get that back and sort of draw you two cards a little bit i just i personally this has been a card where similar to apocalypse hydra last week <laughs> that i've tried to jam in three or four decks sure. and every time it's the first one on the cut but I, I feel like this is the first deck that really takes advantage of this card coming in with low power and being able to just get that engine going with it yeah yeah you know it's it's been great for me a it's also a quarter very cheap yes. card yep but the fact that the plus one plus one counters can be removed at instant speed yes totally is amazing and the fact that, like we just talked about with Adnate, you it's not just card draw. Potentially, it's like, you know what? I actually don't need a card. I need four mana. Let me sacrifice this thing to the mm-hmm. Adnate, get four black to my mana pool, and pump that into an Archfield of Despair or sure, whatever. Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, so yeah, no. it, just, it just stood out to me because I've seen this card. I've seen this card as the engine going. So yeah. I think that works. I think it's a really good fitness deck. Cool. So my next one's actually going to be Pitless Plunderer. Oh, uh, yeah. This was on this was on the list for me. Oh, okay. The, great. The reason, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I have one reason and one reason alone why this, <laughs> this wasn't on my list. All right. All right. So it's three colorless black. It's a human pirate creature. It's a one four. 
And it has the text, whenever another creature you control dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. The reason I have this one picked out for my grain bill is because, A, what's the name of this deck? What am I trying to do? I'm trying to value sacrifice these ones or zeros to get them back. Well, that's just free treasures. That's feeding into Mm -hmm. my ramp, and it's feeding into getting the big stuff out. But it also adds a fun little yeast win that we uh, might yes. or may, may or may not get that, to a little bit later. That was one I was going to talk about, but I am not talking about it in this one. There, <laughs> there we go. But no, this it's, card it's, is all right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! But it's a great card. Seventy nine cents. Any type of deck that's going to have a lot of stuff die of your own things, you get a lot of treasures. But once again, if someone says, you know what, I don't like the fact that you're about to win with all those treasures, let me target remove him hey if Shirai's out there comes right back the only reason why i didn't choose this is because it says only your creatures Correct. not any creature and i decided i'm sorry at this, it's not broken i just <laughs> looked at this and was and thought to myself in the shower nonetheless this morning that any i wanted to talk about one card in each category if i could that had a global effect oh okay. or else i would have talked about this one so gotcha. this arbitrary rule i made but yes i think it's very good yep yep <laughs> so what's your next one or i guess your last one sure uh the last one for me is vampiric rights so oh, this is another go. enchantment uh, this is another card that i've liked and just haven't found the right fit for sure so it's one black so it keeps your curve nice and low it's an enchantment and for one colorless and a black you can sack a creature, then you gain a life and draw a card. Okay. So there's a couple of things that I, I liked about this. Number one, as we'll talk about a little later, spoiler alert, this deck sucks your life out of you and can. There's a lot of effects that do that. I don't think that that one life is not important. Hmm. I think it does help in some small cases. And then the fact that this is instant. So there's another card in here, Frexian Arena. We don't need to talk about it. It's in a gazillion decks, but our friend Mike always hates on Frixian Arena because you don't really have any control of when you get to draw your card off it. It's only one card for one life once a turn. Sure. A card like this is, if you are out of cards in your hand, you can dump, you rush out all your weenies and vampiric sure. right. You get your commander out. You have a bunch of 1-1s that you're just gonna sacrifice and come back and you have 15 mana from whatever reason, sure. right? from a big black market or something. This always gives you the option to draw a card and gain a life. Yeah. Over and over and over again. It's cheap. It's from a decent block, I think. I, I just like it. I, th- yeah. I think this is a very good fit for this, too. No, no, I like it. Now, the one thing I will disagree with is I don't really feel like this deck sucks the life out of you. Well, I, we'll get in, we'll get into we'll, it. We'll get into that. But the one thing I do like about it, and you make a great point, and I think I've talked about it on the other deck tech that we did of my deck, <laughs> and that's a beer. Sorry, sorry, I lied. It's a Fresca. It's a... It's a if, any, if Hams is looking for a podcast to sponsor, I guess this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I like about it, and you make a great point, I'm not big into card draw specific like instants and sorceries, mm-hmm. so I don't have like the uh, blood... Sign in blood. blood. Yeah, so I don't have a sign in blood in here. I know a lot of people run that in black decks. Not a fan of it. But I like things that I can continually Mm -hmm. use. I like that repeated effect. And when I look at this card, usually I'm not going to run out of cards probably until turns six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. And I get the versatility because, yes, I could sacrifice a bunch of the ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. But if I don't really have those... Well, you know what I can still do? I can sacrifice my commander, put it back sure. in the command zone, still get that draw card, and then recast it, it with all that extra Definitely. mana. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of it. And the way that I read Shirai now, I'm not a judge by any means, but you could sack all your zeros and ones, sack Shirai, 
goes to the command zone, cast her, because her text just purely says if Shirai is still in play. Uh, in play, yes. It, it doesn't... Totally. It, it, it's not checking to see if it's the exact same instance of Shirai. Right, and it and it, the, that trigger goes on the stack at the end step. So Correct. it doesn't matter which one it is. Exactly. Right. But anyways, I, I like it a lot, and I think it works really good. So what's your what's your last green here? My last one is Pilgrim's Eye. Okay, yeah. So Pilgrim's Eye, I love... This, this, I, I, this, is a, this is what I would like to call a workhorse card. Yes, absolutely. Hold on, trademark saying coming. I love this card. So <laughs> what it does is it's three colorless. It's a Thopter, artifact creature, 1-1, one, one, flying. But the key thing is when it enters the battlefield, yeah. you may search your library for a basic land, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. I can't tell you how many games that I've had this and either used it as chump fodder and or some sort of sacrifice mm -hmm. engine and literally pulled every single basic swamp out of yeah. my deck. And I almost look at this card like a land tax. Some people would look at it and say, oh, well, if you get all the lands out, you're going to have to discard down to hand size. I don't it really care. don't matter. Yeah. Yes. No, <laughs> it just straight does not matter to me. If, if I have to discard 10 swamps at the end of my turn, fantastic. Who cares? Yeah. I don't. I don't really give a if shit. If you, I got in this argument before at a previous playgroup. If you have a land tax or ability to pull basics out of your hand, out of your library, take as many as you can. Yep. You get, if you can get those pilgrim eyes once a turn and you just pull all those cards out, bend those swamps. Who cares? Wait, the only time taking all the basics out of your deck, which in this deck I have twenty-seven out of the thirty-four or basics, the only time that could backfire on you is if you go into a fifteen twenty turn type game. Yeah. Then the it's grinders. Like, Okay, the the grinding game, I actually do need this because I need to cast like eight different things this turn. Mm -hmm. That can come back and bite you. Sure. But for the most part, the way this deck plays, you should win by turn 10. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's not, it's not I, a quick game. It's, it's not yep. an ultra competitive, but you're going to win fast. by turn 10. It's fast. So. It's got a good tempo to it. Yeah, Absolutely. totally. Well, that is our grain bill. Next, we're going to move on to the hot profile. And I want to kick this yeah, one off. Yeah, please do. Uh, we're going to kick it off with the most expensive card in the deck, Liliana the yeah. Last Hope. <laughs> That's uh, good. So th this is a Planeswalker Liliana, two black and a colorless, comes in with three loyalty. And before I go into her abilities, this is actually my favorite. Tied for number one favorite Planeswalker card, period. Really? Uh, okay. Ashiok the Dreamweaver is... That's is, your number one? Really? Yeah. That's very... I, that's a, that's surprising. It, you know what? It's a three cost and it exiles stuff out of people's decks. Yeah. Uh, that, that's You can't ask for better than that. No, I so, agree. So anyways, Liliana... Well, actually, you can because there's a Planeswalker that's two mana... And you can Garbage. get to draw a card for free, so that's And then seems discard a card at random? Yeah, but... Uh, His name is Tybalt. She's the best. <laughs> Sleeper. Go ahead. So, uh, Liliana the Last Hope, it came out in... That was Shadows over oh. Innistrad. There we go. Yes. So, it's plus one, is up to one target creature, gets minus two, minus one until your next turn. And the reason I'm a big fan of that plus one is because usually when you get her out early enough... You can actually start picking off other people's early game plays, and I've seen this. I've seen this happen before, where it gets to the point where someone has an attacker that could get in damage to her, but you can't because it's even even if it's a two two that they get out on turn two. Now it's a zero yeah, one, and they can't even get in. Totally, absolutely. And then the next one is a minus two, which I don't think I've ever done this. But put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard, then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. This is nice because I actually don't have a lot of graveyard recursion mm -hmm. in the deck, and I'm going to address that. A little bit later. Likewise. But, yeah. But this could potentially get a little bit of that value to where maybe one of my big non-zero or ones got put to the graveyard. Okay, I need right. that card back to win the game right now. Let's just go ahead and do the mill game. The next one is actually the reason I'm a big fan of this card because <laughs> I probably have emblemed the card 
forty percent of the time that yeah, I I've play seen, it. I've seen it happen before. So it's a minus seven. So it basically comes in with three. Then you get your four. So it's a one, two, three, four. It's a five turn clock. Yeah. So it's not like quick by any means. But you get an emblem with at the beginning of your instep. Put X two two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield, where X is the two plus the number of zombies you control. Basically, exponential zombies. Yes. Yep. That's great. great. It works fantastic. Uh, I actually, and you know, funny story, and then I want to get your thoughts on the card. I remember I opened a booster box of this. It was my second booster box I, or no, my first booster box I ever opened. Oh, that was that monster one, right? Yeah. 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 So got got the booster box for the 100 bucks from my local LGS in Memphis, Tennessee. I pulled a non-foil of this, which I think when I opened my box, the first... Grand Prix had just happened the weekend before, and this card just wrecked. Yeah, yeah, standard. it was it was huge in standard, and, and, and I, it's still huge in modern too. Yeah, yeah. and I think it, the non foil copy went up to like fifty bucks, something like that. But then I, in that same box, I also got a foil copy, which was a hundred and twenty dollars. It was a foil alternate art copy, which is even more rare. It isn't. Nope. I thought it was. Nope. Are you sure? Hundred percent. Big Tuck is a little bit beer deep. Well, yeah, what are you going to do? It's, a, it's in the name. But no, I think even in that box, I ended up getting the Melding Sisters. One of those yeah, was yeah, foil. Yeah. I got a couple Thalias. Yeah, it was white I, I think it ended up being like a $300 box. Yeah, yeah. And then the Magic Gods have punished me ever since. <laughs> and every box just loses you did me have, money. You had a good Eternal Masters one. And then you had, a couple, you had a couple of not white hot ones. Yeah. But, but anyways, I, what are your thoughts on this card? I think it's really good. So this, there's two... In my opinion, there's two ways to do, to note a good planeswalker, right? Okay. The first one is all three abilities are relevant, which True. this one is, right? Yep. So every single one of these does something. It progresses the game. It defends itself. It's all good. The other thing is the doubling season test, where if you cast doubling season, and if you have doubling season out and then cast a planeswalker, can you ultimate and does that change the game state? But you can't really ultimate with this, this one. So that's so it passes. It doesn't pass the doubling season test. But the abilities are so good and so relevant in any black deck. That's fair. I think I think that's what makes it really good. And it's only a three drop. So do you think if this card wasn't still like 40, 50 bucks, would you say this is almost an auto like a, a black staple? I think so. In Commander specifically, I yes. think this is better than Liliana the Veil. Yep. Because discarding cards in, in Commander is not near as bad. As standard and modern and yes, legacy. Yeah, totally. So, no, okay. I, I would agree with that. If this was $5, I don't know why I wouldn't have this in every, sure. a, any mono black deck, any two-color deck. Yeah. Pushing three, it's, once you get to three colors, you're... you're Unless it's a Planeswalker dedicated I, deck. I agree. And once you're at three colors, you're really kind of scrapping for those positions. But in any two-color, any one-color, yeah, it's, it's a slam. Okay, cool. What's your uh, first card? All right, so this is, the, this is the card that I will admit is not quote-unquote good, but I've seen this card do work. The first game, the the aforementioned game when it came back, it's Night Market Lookouts. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's one black mana for a 1-1 one, one human rogue. Whatever yes. Night Market Lookout becomes tapped, not attacks, becomes tapped. Each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. I swear to everything I believe in, the first time I saw this, I believe... You got six, if not eight swings in, yep. and it still is around. And that's a, what, 20, 24 life, that's a 24 life. Don't worry, gap. everyone, he's a beautiful minding right now. Yeah, <laughs> I can see the numbers. Because like eight plus eight is 16, plus eight is 24. So it, that's the gap that you get, a 24 life well, difference between yours and the opponent's. But here's the thing, is you're also only counting the drain life, not even counting yeah, the one the, damage the he's one damage also too. doing. So, so he actually did like 32 damage. I gained eight life. It was so, I, I don't know what it was, but again, it's another. this is another great card where it's easy to run under something. 
it doesn't matter. Even, even when it becomes tapped, you're still getting the advantage out of it. So even if you know it's going to die, when you have your commander out, you're going to get right back and just do it over and over and again. And you know what? I'm just going to tie this into my third card. Yeah, please. So I didn't pick Night Market Lickout, but I picked Vicious Conquistador, oh, which is yeah, literally yeah, yeah. the <laughs> exact same, same thing. thing. Oh, but the difference is... It's a 1-2, and when he attacks, attacks. he kind of loses yes. a life, not necessarily tap. But granted, I don't have tap shenanigans in the yeah, deck, so yeah. whatever. Oh, this but, is, that was your third? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah cool. so that was my number three. Uh, and Vicious Conquistador, like I said, it's a one black, it's a one two. So basically, where Night Market Lookout and the Conquistador trade is the Night Market Lookout gains you a life, but it's a one one. The Conquistador yeah. is a one two, and you don't get that Loses, life. Yeah. But once again, who really cares? And the reason that both of these cards seem to do 30 plus damage whenever I play them is because who's going to waste a removal spell never. on a one never. drop? Never. 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 They just sit there, and again, it's so stupid because you see this one one come out, and you think, I don't even care. What's it going to hit me? <laughs> Two life? That doesn't matter. And then six turns later, you realize it took away a quarter of your life just by swinging in as a one one. It's absurd. Yep, yep. It's so, great. Yeah, no. And definitely both of those from a price perspective yeah. are draft fodder 15 <laughs> yeah. and 38 cents Oof, really breaking so, the bank on that one well i'll go ahead and end it with mine sure. uh i don't know if you maybe picked this one or not it'll be interesting gate to phyrexia no i was going to but i thought you would and i i hate drafted against it so, oh so, wow okay just because i knew I, I knew one of the two of us was going to talk about it and i rolled the dice read the bones if you will Ooh. and th- and Thought you'd bring it up. Yeah, this so, is this is great. <laughs> it, it's a great card. It's it's actually way more expensive than I thought it was. Did you uh, get this in a bundle or something? Or? No, I ended up buying it about a year ago. I think I got it for twenty dollars, okay. twenty five dollars, somewhere in there. Sure. So Gate to Phyrexia is a double black enchantment, and it has the text: Sacrifice one of your creatures during your upkeep to destroy any one artifact. You may not sacrifice a creature that is already on its way to the graveyard. Um, yeah. yeah. So, what does black usually have an issue with dealing with? Enchantments and artifacts. Okay. So, what? What? what I, I sorry. I, I might yeah. need to reread it again. What does Gate to Phyrexia so deal I, with? I'm looking at this here. The new text says, "Sacrifice a creature," which is probably pretty decent. Okay. Oh, destroy target artifact of your choosing. Hmm. hmm. That is pretty great. Now, also, I want to point out a thing there. Did it say target artifact? Uh, it does now. Oh, <laughs> sad day when it's not. Cho- it's not. Uh, not just choose. choose. Yeah, artifact. Oh, shame. Yeah. But anyways, it's like a thirty-seven dollar card now. It's very because it's reserved. It's on. Oh, the reserve I didn't know it's, that. It's an uncommon reserved from antiquities. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So the great thing about this card is you give black a way to deal with artifacts, which it can't deal with anyways. But the deck feeds on bringing those zero and one toughness creatures back. So hey, upkeep. How about I sacrifice that pilgrim's eye? Go get another basic to my hand because maybe I didn't get it on my draw mm-hmm. or I, 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 you know, I've, you know, know what the top is or yeah, yeah. I need to guarantee it, I'm going to get it. So I'll sack the pilgrim's eye, destroy your, you know, even if it's a BS signet or something, right. go get my land. And now pilgrim's eye is just going to come back at the end of the turn and then I'll, I'll do it again. Right. So it, it's a fantastic totally. card. Uh, I, I love it. What thoughts do you have on it? I, I mean, I think I said my piece here. I was, I was going to talk about it, but I figured you would anyways, because this is a, this seems like a pet card of yours. Yeah. You and know, it's on the reserve list, which is nuts. And I've never seen it played. Yeah. Have you never played it? Never played no. it. <laughs> Had it for over a year. Never played never it. Never seen it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's I don't even know if it's that's, still in the deck. That's the EDH curse. It could be anywhere. <laughs> All right. What's your last card? So I have two. I actually have two more. I'll go through one of them really quick. Okay. Because I the night market lookout and then I have Ogre Slumlord. Oh, yeah. So yeah. real quick on this one. It's uh, three, three Ogre 
rogue, three colorless, two black. When again, another uh, non-token creature. Uh, this is another global effect dies. Put a 1-1 one, one black rat creature token onto the battlefield. And then rats you control of death touch. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, again, it's a global effect. I think people who know this card already know where it's played. You get your value out of it whenever something else dies, just like everything else. And then I think one thing I really like about this is pretty good board wipe protection. Sure. So you board wipe, you still get a bunch of rats, you can still defend yourself, yep. all that good stuff. And then the last one I had that I'm interested in how you found this was Thought Picker Witch. <laughs> Throw in record scratch. <laughs> so this is a very deep cut that I, I don't think I've ever seen either. It's one black for a 1-1 one, one human wizard with the ability of one sack a creature. Seems good. Look at the top two cards of target opponent's library, then remove one of them from the game. Yeah, why not? I just Have you ever played this? Does, yep. this work? Does this work? Have you ever gotten some sort of crazy thing that you feel... I think I've only had to... Because I feel like the reason that I initially put this card in here and just looking at it, it makes sense. Also, I haven't seen it in forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the curse of having 20-plus decks. Yeah, yeah, totally. But... The main reason I put it in there was mainly for sacrifice redundance. Yeah, okay. And sure. it's a one-one, so even if someone gets rid of Could it, of it it's yeah. going to come sure. back. And sometimes if I have big daddy black mana, and it does just say sacrifice a creature, so I can sacrifice herself. Yeah, or all those rats that just made yeah. made it through. Yeah. So yeah, you cool. know. I just I was more looking. Was there a time where you got an Avacyn or some other monster planeswalker or something from it? I your, couldn't tell. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, but that's that's it. We don't need to go on too much more about okay, that in cool. the in the hot profile there. All right. Well, let's kick it off with yeast. Big Tuck, start us off. Okay. So I think that you probably have the same one, okay. and I want to do the countdown again. Okay. It features a number prominently. Oh yeah. Okay, ready? One, one two, three. three. Tristanicophobia. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. All right, cool. I knew you had one of the two of them, so I took my chance. So I'll re I'll read this one out. This is great. This is a, this is a big tuck card. And I will say before he reads this off, this is one of the few decks that can actually make this card work. Yes, I agree totally, and that's my notes too. Okay, so. This was from the, oh, the I'm sorry, Liliana's from Eldritch Moon. This is from Shadows of Renaissance. Oh, Rock. there we go. It's an enchantment coming in at a whopping 37 cents. <laughs> Three colors and a black, black enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose one. Each player with exactly 13 life loses the game. Then each player gains a life. Or each player with exactly 13 life loses the game. <laughs> then each player loses a life. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so great. This card is... Jank all over. And the thing I was going to say is that you have so many effects that can ping by one. Mm -hmm. The the Blood Artists, the Zulaport Cutthroats of the World, yep. all that stuff, that I think this is one of the decks that can actually make this work. Yep. And the other thing that you have in here, which is great, is a little card called Tree of Perdition. Yep. This is the whole reason they kind of printed Triskaidekaphobia. Correct. Or Wait, did Triskaidekaphobia come after Perdition? Before. Before, okay. Yeah, I went so Perdition was printed probably for Triskaidekaphobia. Because I remember when I was drafting and we saw Triskaidekaphobia, I was like, oh, that's a sweet card. And I was like, wait, this card's shit. This card's terrible. Yeah. How am I ever going to get to exactly 13 life for an opponent? Well, they solved that issue. Turns out you can get Tree of Perdition. It's three colors and a black for a creature plant. It's a 0-13 with Defender that says tap exchange target opponent's life total with Tree of Perdition's toughness. Yep. So you can either manipulate their life totals with Blood Arts and Sacrifice effects, or you can just one-shot someone with Tree of Perdition on their upkeep. And one of the great things about Triskaidekaphobia, it is a zero power item. So 
if it's been out and you have a way oh. to give your stuff haste, you can actually do it on everyone's turn, and then by the time your upkeep comes around, everyone else dies. Oh, nice. So, Please, have you ever done that before? No. Ah, oh, man. But I saw Triskaidekaphobia. Had to talk about it. Sure. So it's it's great. Yeah, I'm no, really no. happy. It's I'm really happy it's made it through the cut and all these. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have it in here too. Um, it, the the thing that I like the most about it is this deck is not degenerate. I don't have a oh I'm gonna do big daddy black mana and then <laughs> we'll I'm gonna do an exsanguinate. We'll, we'll get into this. Yeah, yeah. And, and then we'll do an exsanguinate and I'll just drain everyone. Yeah, sure. I don't I don't have stuff like that. So the only way I can win the game is to outvalue. And I feel like Triskaidekaphobia 100 percent is a not value true. card. Hey, hey, hey! We'll get into it. <laughs> so my first card yes. is, at, and it's funny because it's not really a yeast card, but I'm bringing it up because literally I just did this against that Duretti deck, and it turned out to be a BA card, Dark Steel Plate. Oh sure, yeah. So Dark Steel Plate's a three colorless artifact equipment. It has indestructible itself, and it says equip creature has indestructible, and it costs two to equip. Really, the reason I have this in here is because the deck doesn't work without Shirai. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very and commander. It's a very general focus deck. Yes. Yeah. And when you put this on Shirai, it doesn't matter how many board wipes your opponents do. All your crap comes back. Shirai stays put. Um, it, it, it just It's a great way to protect her. And even if they have some sort of, oh, well, I'm going to path to exile your commander, or I'm going to do an austere command to try to get rid of the artifact. Well, the artifact itself has indestructible. Mm -hmm. So you just play Shirai again, re-equip. Yeah, right you're just going to, and black never has an issue producing mana. So they're just going to burn all their, you know, removal spells mm -hmm. on this creature, you know, if you didn't get the, the lightning greaves or the swift foot boots or whatever right, you decide right. to put on there, which honestly, I don't even, I think I run greaves and that's it. Yeah, I think I saw that too. Yeah, in um, the green package. So yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know, the way I look at it is I never have mana issues, so I don't care. But yeah, I, I literally played against someone who had a Duretti deck. He had the Nev's Disc out, mm -hmm. and then he also had the um, makes everything uh, indestructible on his side. I'm oh, Darksteel like, Forge. Darksteel yes, yeah, Forge. Yeah. And, and if you guys aren't familiar with that, literally, if you're the artifact player, you just board wipe every single turn. Destroys all your opponent's stuff yeah. except for their lands and planeswalkers, and you're left fine. But all he did is uh, just well, kill your board, and it comes yeah, back. Kill yeah. my board, it comes back, and then I was like, nice. "Well, the only way you're gonna get out of this is if you have a chaos warp. Do you have one?" He's like, "It's in the deck somewhere." And I'm like, "Well, you got a two turn clock before right. you're dead." And so he just looked at the top two cards and was like, "All right, I quit." Yep, yep, yep. yep. So. Totally, I've been I've been in that position for against the sliver deck yep. or sliver deck. So the card I was thought you were gonna talk about was Bullis Citadel. Nope. Okay, interesting. I, this is one of your pet cards. You know, I like the card. It, it did get a lot of hype. Um, I was one of the fools that bought a yeah. bunch of them pre-order and paid that premium thinking it was going to go up in price, and it just went down in price. Mm -hmm. So uh, lost a bunch of money there, so, but hey, that's all right. Yeah, that's showbiz. Three colorless, three black, legendary artifact. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted mana costs rather than pay its mana cost. And yep. then you can tap, sack, 10 non-land permanents. Each opponent loses 10 life. Yep. So, I mean, it's it's awesome. You just talked about how it helped you win in Aloro. And this deck, it can really thin through mm -hmm. all your cards. You can cast a bunch of them, which we'll get to later. It is a life sink, which we'll also get into later. But I was wondering, do you think if the commander powers that be get more trigger happy with the bands, do you see this being something that's warping the format enough to even be considered for it? No. You don't think so? The okay. only reason is because it costs six. Mm -hmm. It's an artifact. So and it's, it's easily it's removable. And it's triple black. It's triple too. black. It's not colorless. Yep. And yes, there are the crazy shenanigans where you can do the Sensei's Divining Top where you're right, just paying yeah, the just light. Going, going, going. But the thing that a lot of people 
forget to talk about when you do that, that's just drawing you the card. So yes, right. you can pay a life to draw a card, which that's great. I mean, I think we yeah. would all take that. But that's and we not, do it with Necropotence. <laughs> yeah, it, but that's not a win. You, right. You're just drawing it. You still have to pay the mana to cast the card. So I don't think it's ban worthy. Now, I think it's very good. I think it's very, very good. good. Yes. But I, I, was I, think it, I think it's been hyped up too I want, much. I wanted to hear your opinion on that because yeah. I was kind of waffling back and forth just because we've seen it go off. But yep. I think it's a lot of value engine, but we've, we will probably talk about this card again at some point. Oh, I'm sure. So, so, so anyways, go ahead. My last one, because I did do Triskaidekaphobia as well, yep. is actually a fairly new card from War of the Spark. Oh, wait a minute. Is this also legendary? Yeah. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Got, Got a turtle, turtle bond too. Yeah! <laughs> oh, Twofer. man. Yes, baby. Yeah. Draw, yeah. draw that card. <laughs> draw that card. <laughs> so, if this was, if this, if this card was a 1-1, one, one, holy shit. <laughs> I just jizzed yeah, in ooh, my pants. It's like, I, <laughs> Can't breathe up in here. So here's what the card does so you guys can kind of understand why I'm having to do mouth-to-mouth uh, -mouth over here, which I'm enjoying. Just kidding. This has got dark. So Oof. it's three colorless black black. Oof. <laughs> it's a zombie god. It's a five six with menace. I don't care. Here's the thing that's still makes relevant. I mean, that's that's nothing to a five six will take chump blockers and take them two at a time. Sure. So it's still it's still fine. 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 Yes. But here's here's why yeah. I like the card, and I and I've I've been wanting to try this synergy that I'll, I'll tell you here in a second. When God Eternal Bontus enters the battlefield, not cast, enters, enters the battlefield, battlefield, sacrifice any number of other permanents, then draw that many cards. That's great, incredible. But here's the second line of text where you can really make this thing. Oh, spicy. I just got it. <laughs> so when God Eternal Bontu dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, which I think we should pause there. That's great evasion. Yeah, you know, a lot of people just talk about evasion as in how can I hit you or your planeswalker. I think evasion can happen to anything. To where you, uh, I, this happened to me on Arena the other day. Someone pathed to exiled my God Eternal Oketra, and I was like, oh, crap. Or, or, exiles or, on Arena? No, no, it was or some, some other some, exile. Some other exile. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, wreckage or something. Like that, Maybe yeah. a D spark. Oh yes, 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 yes. So, and then I was like, "Oh crap! I just spent all that money or all that mana." And then I was like, "Wait, it's asking me to put it third from the top. I still get it back." Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a thing that you totally forget about. Uh -huh. So when it dies or is put into exile, you may put it into its owner's library third from the top. So here's some fun stuff you can do with this card. As you guys have heard, I have sacrifice outlets. Cast the card. It enters the battlefield. Trigger goes on the stack. You target all these other permanents. With that trigger on the stack, you sacrifice God Eternal Bond to, to you know, make sure you're at least sacking three things, but then you sack God Eternal Bond to, to whatever, your Thought Picker Witch, Yeah, maybe. sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, or Ultra of Dementia. Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then God Eternal Bond to goes third from the top, God Eternal Bond to's trigger resolve. And then you, then draw, you, draw, right all, you draw them right <laughs> back to your hand, and maybe I do it again. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? This card's great. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think this card's kind I I saw your, I don't know what the actual normal price of it, but I'm guessing it's somewhat low right now. You have the foil, mm -hmm. of course. So I'm looking at it. It's three bucks right now. This card has done, this card does work in this deck. It does work in anything that can sacrifice and yep. come back. The Marins of the world, the Marchesas of the world, that sort of stuff. And again, in this card, it just gives you all that value. You get all those sacrifice triggers to your blood artists or to any of your other pingers, right? Yep. And you can just do it over and over and over again, drawn to your threats. 
if you have Bull Citadel out, you draw out of your lands, bin them. Yep. It, it's just, it's everything. Yeah. It, this, it, card's, this card's really, really, really yeah, good. It, it's very good. Actually, and I don't think it gets a lot of play. No. Or talked about I think a, I, enough. I, I think you and I are the only people that I know of that have talked about it or have had, run it in decks, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I would think so. So do you have any left for your yeast package? No, that's it. I, okay. had, I had the Bull Citadel, and then we both had the God Eternal and the Triskaidekaphobia. Awesome. All right, guys, now we're going to wrap it up with the spice package. Big Tuck, kick us off. All right, so I kind of went with an oldie buddy goodie okay. because I hadn't heard of you even mention this card ever before you opened a bunch of them in Modern Horizons. Fair. And that's Altar of Dementia. Mm. All right, we're talking free sack outlets. Okay, two colorless for an artifact. Sack a creature. Target player puts a number of cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Awesome. Mill, baby, mill. You gotta mill it. It's itty bitty at a time. Yeah, but I was about to say, you're, you're, you're basically getting one card at a time. But most all those of the little time. nicks add up. Just think of, just talk about Batman when he's 50, right? Every little <laughs> bruise, every little bump he gets, they all little add up. Uh, so, that herpes will get you. And I think, again, I think a free outlet is free outlet. Yeah, that, right? That's the only reason it's in there, opposed to the Phyrexian altar where you get sacrifice, get a colored yep. mana. It's just like, well, I might as well just get the one. Right, and you mill. And then, so this played into another card that you have in here, which I get why you do, which is Guilt Feeder. Oh, yeah. So Guilt that's because I was wondering, I was wondering, this is, so this is kind of a quick tie-in. So Guilt Feeder's three colors, two black, a zero four with fear that when it attacks, it isn't blocked, which it, you will always be able to get that in, in Commander. But what is most fear? What is so fear? So fear is this creature cannot be blocked except by artifact creatures and or black creatures. So unless you're in some bizarre world where you're playing someone who's playing artifacts in black across the table, this will always have a target. Sure. And then when an attackant isn't blocked, the defending player loses one life for each card in his or her graveyard. This card's making a new resurgence, I think, because it got dropped the price a lot with Modern Horizons. Yeah. Slam dunk. Okay, cool. So my spice package is actually two cards that basically do the same thing. They just kind of do it in different ways. Okay. So the first one is Desecrated Tomb. Oh, okay. Wait, can I guess the other one? Yep. Is it Open the Graves? I think you're right. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah! Get him a winner, Jimmy. Uh, so Desecrated Tomb. I'm coming for you, Jimmy. <laughs> I promise you he's don't, not. Don't even forget it. <laughs> so it's a three colorless artifact. Came out in M19, 49 cents. <laughs> Whenever one or more creature cards would leave your graveyard, yeah. create a 1-1 one, one black bat creature token with flying. Well, what does this deck do when the things go to the graveyard? They didn't come this back. Go, didn't you get 30 bats one time when this happened yeah. or something? You just like, it just went off, just, right? Because you had your, you had your, your, had your one ones in a sack outlet, yep. and every turn it was just over and over and over again. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And then open the graves is three colorless black black. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, create a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token. So basically, you sack, you get a zombie, it comes back, you get a bat, <laughs> and so every turn for every creature you put to the graveyard that's a one or less, you're getting a 2 2 zombie and a 1 1 flying yes. bat. I mean, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm on board. Yeah. I was kind of the reason why I didn't choose either of those because they were both on the docket for me was I didn't know which one to choose. Oh, okay. I didn't, and I don't want to do the double again. So, that's no, fair. I think that's it's fair. great. Like you said, what do you think is better, the 1 1 flying bat or the 2 2 zombie? Honestly, I think it's the 1 1 flying bat. I agree. I yeah. completely agree. It, it's, it's evasion. Mm -hmm. They're tiny. 
which I don't know why that matters, but you know, I thought I'd mention it. And uh, <laughs> this is an itty bitty deck. This is an itty bitty deck. It, it matters. Um, and I can actually use new tokens opposed to the one billion variations of yeah. zombie tokens yeah, that I Wizards agree. keeps printing. It's it's in every set now. It's it's brutal. But yeah. no, I, those were both on the great. They work perfectly in this deck. Cool. They do exactly what it's looking for. Yeah, totally. Awesome. So guys, we're now going to move on to our three recommendations. We're going to do an under five dollar, under fifty dollar, and a personal recommendation. We will give you a card that we think should be put into the deck and one that should be taken out so me and big tech were kind of talking before the uh that we started recording and i actually had a lot of issues with this because this is one of the few decks that i feel if you start doing too many swaps because let's be honest a power one or less creature mm-hmm. they usually don't print it, yeah. very good ones so it's just going to be yeah. another variation yeah, yeah. of the same thing so this was very difficult for me because i feel like the more you take out the thought pe- thought picker which is of the world you're losing the identity yeah, of the deck i agree but and my, if it makes you and if it makes you feel any better, I don't have. I only have one on here that I cut. That's a power one creature. That's oh. it. That's it. So I have one that I want to say uh, you'll be a little surprised that I cut. Oh yeah, I know. So I said to cut blood reckoning. Blood Reckoning is a three colorless black enchantment. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, that oh. controller loses a life. It just says whenever a creature attacks. Yeah, so it's not each like it, creature. No, it is. Oh, oh, oh you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whenever a creature. Uh-huh. So, you know, you swing at me with your 10 tokens, you're going to lose 10 life. That kind of feeds into the Triskaidekaphobia. But I found, a, and it just came out in Modern Horizons. Really? It's a great card, Sling Gang Lieutenant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It costs yeah, a quarter. Yeah. It's three colorless and a black, so it's the exact same mana curve. It's a goblin 1-1 one, one itself, which is important. No, oh, it is a 1-1? One, one. It is a 1-1. Oh, one, one. yeah. And yeah, yeah, when yeah. it enters the battlefield, you create two 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens, and it has the text, sacrifice a goblin, yeah. target player loses a life, and you gain a life. So think about this, four-player game, I have this out and my commander, I'm making someone lose three life, Every single person's turn, turn. yeah, and I'm that's gaining gr- free life. Every, I, I think that's it's, I think it does blood reckoning, but better because blood reckoning you have to swing at me. This would be like, all right, fine, you don't want to swing at me, I'll just kind of slowly drain you or potentially drain you nine. But it, and, and to your point, Sleege Gang or excuse me, Sling Gang does the damage and heals you. Yep, it, it's both. So yeah, I I agree. And the nice thing about it is that if it's say, you know what, I don't want to sack my tokens right now, I'll just sack Slinging to himself Self. to Shirai, yeah. get two more tokens, and maybe I just kind of start doing a little token thing, or right. I start using that as like the nuclear missile. Hey, I'm up to 12 tokens now, do you really want to piss me yeah. off and lose 12 life? Right, immediately. Um, yeah, so it's almost kind of like that Aetherflux Reservoir, but way, sure. way watered down. The, yeah, and the only, the only shame with it is that you have no other goblins in the deck, Yeah, but but again, it's, it's, a, it's an engine upon itself. Correct. You don't need any other goblins. Goblins. Yep. So what's your first one? So my first one, this is a card that I know you love. Okay. But I think I found one that's better. Okay. So I am suggesting that you cut murder. Wow. Which I know you like. I really like I that I know card. you like that. So, which so is read bizarre. it to people sure. why, so why mur- murder's amazing. Murder is not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's overcosted. Uh, so murder is a colorless and a black black, and it's an instant to just destroy target creature. Okay. What do you think is better? So you already have the better version of it, which is Hero's Downfall. Okay. Which gets either a creature or a planeswalker for the exact same cost. Sure. So it's just strictly better. I think the one that's better is Vraska's Contempt. Okay. So this card used to be a gazillion dollars because it was huge into modern, right? But for one mana more, you get a exile effect. Okay. Which is huge. So if That's you, pretty good. If you look at it, it's two colors, two black for an instant. Exile, target creature, or planeswalker, you gain two life. 
Again, the two life is fairly insignificant. Yeah. But it can help you, right? Sure. It's a life gain. And this also exiles your Avacyns. If you have a, a big other Voltron commander that doesn't have Hexproof, it gets there. And it's only a buck 35. So I think this card, for one mana more than a murder, gets you a lot more value for it. You know what? I, I can be on board with that. Now I will say the. I know one you. Lo I know you love your murders. I, I know love you love. Murder. I know you love it. Murder is seriously one of my yeah. favorite removal cards. But one mana more, it's exile. It can also hit a planeswalker, which you know what planeswalkers it's, do kind of have this resurgence. Yeah, they're not unrelevant, right? Yep. Especially now. So the the next one for my under fifty, I actually said cut lightning coils. Okay, I was one. I, I did see that, and I wanted to talk about it. So yes. So okay. well, go ahead and read it, so that way people sure. understand what it even so is. So it's three colorless for an artifact. It's a rare, not a mythic. <laughs> Whenever a non a non token creature you control relevant is put into a graveyard from play put a charge counter on lightning coils at the beginning of your upkeep if lightning coils has five or more charge counters on it remove all of them and put that many three one red elemental creature yep. tokens with haste into play remove them from the game at end of turn i've literally never seen this card played it's been in the deck i think since conception it basic and it's weird because I had talked talked about desecrated tomb and uh -huh. open the graves. It kind of does the same thing. Uh, yeah, it's that graveyard value. But the problem is, it's only once, right? Because you, well, I guess it removes all of them, and then you have then, to then attack. Then, then, then it, it comes adds again. Up again. Yeah. So you know, in theory, you could be swinging yeah. with anywhere from five to eight each of your turns. But I think it's kind of. But I think it's. Kind of clunky, right? I found a better card. Hey! hey. <laughs> so, has anyone ever heard of a card called Contamination? No way, really? Okay. <laughs> it's a $20 card, two colorless and a black. This was, this was my third cut. This was, this was, my, not, this was my mean pick third oh, cut. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Urza Saga card. Yeah. It says, during your upkeep, sacrifice a creature or sacrifice contamination. Okay, whatever. I'll sack creatures all day yeah. long. Uh, whenever a land is tapped for mana, it produces black instead of its normal type and amount. Oh, it's, it's nuts. So how about I turn everyone into mono black? <laughs> and so to your point, when we were at the MTG Fest, our good friend Tice, shout out Tice, he got this card out, I th think turn two or three. Oh, with Tice, his Relentless Rats deck? So Tice doesn't run it. His opponent did. Oh. But Tice had gotten his Cabal and Urborg set up already. Fuck. <laughs> so this no, this card's insane. So this was my this was my meanest cut you could do. Oh, okay. It, this card's a house. So was this your personal recommendation card? This or? was my under hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This was my third one. It was either gonna. So, anyways, we'll get to it. What, yeah. what was the card you were gonna cut for this one? So that was lightning coils. Lightning coils. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. So yeah, just basically, guys, it, it gives my black deck a way yep. to continue to do because you can almost look at this deck as a stacks deck. He said doo 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 doo. So you can look at it as a stack sec almost. I'm draining it yep. for life. You know, we didn't talk about it, but I have, you know, the staple lack enchantments that whenever one of my creatures die, one of your creatures has to get sacrificed. So I'm, I'm playing a lot of that. So Butcher of Malak here. So it is yeah. almost kind of like this stacksy yeah, political yeah. deck. Even Especially because you keep, you keep getting them back yeah, over and over, yeah. and over again. So yeah, what, what was your under 50? Okay, so uh, I'm really excited about this one. And the card that I chose... Dun, dun, dun was Sanguine Bond. Hit it, Squee! No! no Break that combo! Woo! Nope. Never happening. Get it out! Never happening! Get it out! <laughs> I hate this card. This card's stupid. And I'm not even... I'm even giving you the better one. You can keep the better one. 
That's fine, because you need the life gain. So for those playing the home game, there is a dumb two-card combo that goes in literally any black deck that runs it, of which I think you have two? This and Aloro, right? Well, yeah. It's even more degenerate in Aloro. So the combo goes as such. Sanguine Bond, three colors, two black. It's a black enchantment. Whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life. Not really a big deal in this one, because how do you lose? Do you gain life a, a lot? Yeah. Do you? I, I, like we just talked about it, one of your favorite cards, Night Market Lookout. Again, oh, yeah, sure, but one, but like not insane amounts, right? No, no, no. Yeah. It's always one at a time. Then it's Good Friend, Exquisite Blood for four colors and a black. Also an enchantment. Whenever an opponent loses life, you gain that much life. <laughs> you have those two out. It's an infinite combo, and then everyone's just upset because it's a stupid infinite combo. Now, granted, we are with the Mister Combo Number Five, Huzzah. but I am also the Combo Breaker. So you can keep the one that's better because it actually gains you life when opponents lose a life so i'll give you that one but the card that i'm gonna cut this for is a brand new one hot off the presses no one has one copy yet of kirik son of yagma oh yeah yeah i've thought about putting that card in here i'll let you explain it and i'll tell you why i won't so I can, I'm guessing, I think I know why you won't. Okay. So, well, so it, it's a new card that's coming out brand in Brand new card. It's a legendary horror minion. Four colorless, three Phyrexian black arena. Which you can basically pay two life instead yeah. of the black. And it's got lifelink, which is important. Sure. So I got you your lifelink back, right? <laughs> and for each black mana in a cost, you can pay two life rather than play that mana. Whenever you cast a black spell, put a 1 1 counter on Kyrick Song of Yagmoth. So that's the reason I that, don't want to do that. And, and I, can, I think I hear your point where he is a 2 2. So if he dies, he's gone. But I think it, because your CMC for the most part is so low, and if you paired up with one of your draw engines or like your Bolsa Citadel, you're going to be able to churn through so many creatures over and over and over again and then be able to get that life back. So <laughs> I don't think this card is a slam dunk. I think this card's really good in most mono black decks. I'm not 100% sure it's a complete slam dunk in yours, but I think this also just continues to enable the value train, the stacks effects that you're looking for sure. moving forward. But you do know I have a creature version of Sanguine Bond in this but deck. Creatures, and I knew, I knew you were going to say that, <laughs> but creatures are way easier to remove than enchantments. So here's the thing. The only reason I wouldn't consider it for this deck is because he will get too big. I do yeah. have ways to reduce power and toughness of my creatures, mm -hmm. but I don't think I can reduce it by 9 or 10. Right. I can reduce it by 1 or 2. And again, in the current deck build, for the most part, once he's dead, he's dead. Yep. Yes? Yep. Which... So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this yeah. on my personal recommendations, which I won't cut Sanguine Bond because I'm actually recommending we cut Defiant Bloodlord. Defiant oh, Bloodlord sure. for the home crowd. It's a five colorless black black, four five flying vampire. But whenever I gain life, target opponent loses that life. Here's what I want to cut it for. And you know what? I need you to help me figure out which one is better. I think I know what you're going to say. Okay. I'm torn between... Rise of the Dark Realm, uh -huh. that which, was if, if you're not familiar, that's a sorcery speed, seven colorless, black, black. Put all creatures from all graveyards onto my battlefield. Pretty good. Yes. It gets me back my big stuff, but it's expensive. Mm -hmm. It's nine. Yeah. Also... I don't know who's going to let me resolve that. that and that's a, that's the thing. <laughs> Similar to a card like Insurrection, where you gain control of all creatures. or even, Expropriate. Yeah, sure. Cyclonic Rifts of the World, that sort of things. It's one of those cards where as soon as you put it on the stack, you should either win the game immediately or yep. no one's going to let you do anything. Yep. So here's the here's the other card, and, and I'm going to give you my argument into why I think I might want to do this. And the funny thing is I think this card's only like 30 bucks more than the Rise of the Dark Realms. Yogmoth's Will. 
So I know it's a beater, I think, in what, modern or legacy? Ah, uh, legacy, legacy. Yeah. yeah. So Yagamot's Wills, two colorless black, sorcery speed still, but it says until the end of your turn, mm -hmm. you may play cards in your graveyard as though they were in your hand. Cards put into your graveyard this turn are removed from the game instead. And I thought this card I might be able to resolve a little easier sure. because it's not getting yeah. it from everyone. And before I cast the card... I can actually use the mana generators, sack themselves, have them go to the graveyard, get that mana for Yogmoth's Will, cast Yogmoth's Will, then use that to maybe get the card or two that was removed. It would give me a way to get my bigger creatures back without making it like, oh God, he's going to win the game. It's like, oh, no. what are you going to end up getting? Oh, it's just, okay, that's that's fine. That's, and that's a trick on it, as I think that... I think Yagmas Will is a better utility card. Mm -hmm. Liliot or what, Rise of the Dark Realms yep. is a better closer. Yep. Right. Because at that stage, if you're playing against anyone and you're doing your board wipes, you're doing your you're doing your destroy effects, you're doing your grave packs. Those graveyards are going to be juicy. So mm -hmm. I actually one that I had my last not mean recommendation off of Contagion or Contamination, rather, was a similar one, which is kind of in the middle, called Frixian Reclamation. Oh, yeah. So it's one black for the enchantment, mm -hmm. a colorless and a black, pay two life, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Yep. So you bring up a really good point, though, where each one of these three cards all fill the same gap, but in wildly different ways, yep. right? So I think the card that you're saying to cut is good. That's a good one to cut if you're going to keep in the dumbass combo, which you're going to, because that's in your <laughs> yeah! name. But the safest bet of all of them is Friction Reclamation. Okay. It's $4. You can use it all, the entire game. That card's never going to get targeted, right? Sure. It's only coming back to your hand. You're paying life. That's the safest one, right? Then I'd think the one in the mid-tier would be the Yagmas Will, because that also gives you way more flexibility to pull back anything. Even if you use Yagmas Will to get a board wipe and it lets you win the game, then Yagmas Will is already worth its sticker price, right? And then if you want a, just a big, beefy commander staple sure. that's going to close you to the game and do the same sort of thing in a different way, yeah. then you go Rise of the Dark Realm. So I think either I think any one of them would do what you're looking for. Well, yeah, and the other thing I kind of liked about Yogmont's Will is, say if for some reason I get a little milled and say my Cabal Coffers is in the graveyard, well, I can play Cabal Coffers yeah. for my for land, your land. Yeah, no, so, I agree. Yeah, it, it's one that, you know, like I said, guys, before we started this recommendation, I think Sling Gang Lieutenant's probably the only one that's a slam dunk. Like, got to do I it. Think that's, I think that's the easiest one. Yeah, I, think that's the, really, I think that's really good. Lightning the, Coils, I don't think Lightning Coils will do what you want in this deck. Correct. I, no, I think it does what I want in the deck. Will it ever happen? I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, not going to happen. Not going to happen. So I think I'm going to have to really debate. Yeah. And I'm going to probably have to play test a lot. So anyways, guys, that is our personal recommendation section. We're going to move on to the bottle capping and get this thing slowly Let's moving to a close. So what we kind of thought we'd talk about is, for the most part, EDH can get a little stale. It can get a little boring. Especially if you're playing with the same people consistently. Same, same, especially same small, small group. And especially because not everyone has 15 decks. Sure. A lot yep. of times people, you know, I even hear like Josh and Jimmy and the professor and some of these other guys, they, they talk about like, oh, I, I probably have six decks. Five decks, and <laughs> but all but, of them have the Herber duels and everything else. I'm but, sure. But regardless, yes. the way I look at it is when you have those same five or six decks, and you're playing with the same six to eight people, and you're playing every single week. 
the games will just get, oh, you're playing that deck. Well, I know you're going to do this. I know you're going to do this. Yeah. That's kind of where sometimes me and Big Tuck will start spite hitting each other yes. <laughs> as we'll start seeing the same decks. And it's like, oh, well, I know you're going to go get this or this. Yeah. Or if I see one card, it's like you politic the entire table. Hey, guys, this is literally yeah. the sequence of events they're going to do. You can't let them do it. And even totally. if you're not meaning to or you're not going to, it doesn't matter. It's just you're going to get hated yep. out. Oh, yeah. So, and you'll hear people, oh, you're playing that deck again. Here we yep, go. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So what we've kind of started to do in our play group is mix it up with different variants. And, you know, there's some variants that you've probably heard of. There's some that aren't. But we thought we'd just give you our two cents on sure. our top five that we enjoy doing a lot with ours. And Big Tech, why don't we start it off with Plane Chase? Give, yeah, you know, sure. Give us a high level of what it is and why it's kind of fun. So Plane Chase is definitely a chaos format. And how it works is that there's a separate deck of cards that is the planner deck. So it represents a lot of different planes throughout Magic histories uh, on Ravnica, on Dominaria, a bunch of different ones. And how it works is at the beginning of the game, once everyone's ready to go, you look at the top card of the library. Yep. And it always has two effects. There's usually a static effect, which could be anything from doubling mana to all creatures get minus one, minus one, to you get a goat whenever you play a land. There's a million <laughs> different ones. And then there's another subcategory that's a chaos, which usually is related, but could be anything from take an extra turn yep. or draw 16 cards or discard put, your hand. Yeah, or or put <laughs> or put in a 10 10 Eldrazi into play. And the way you trigger those is that there's a separate die that you yep. can roll at sorcery speed on your turn. And the way it works is it's N plus one. So the first die roll is free. Then the second one is one. Third's two, fourth's three, all that. Or it's N minus one. Yep, bad. there you yes, go. N minus one. So this inter and this format is meant to play with a bigger group. So sometimes yes. when, at the end of the day, we're sick of grinding out these three player games. We have six people. It's like, let's get around the play and chase table and see what happens. The only downside to this format, in my opinion, is that it's extremely rare that a game goes shorter than two hours. Two hours? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would definitely agree with that. You know, playing Chase is one of those things that I really enjoy playing, but it's also kind of hard to pick your deck that you want to play with it. Like, I think we talked about in a couple of our last podcasts, uh, you know, like my Karametra deck is one of my more consistent ones. And yeah. you mentioned, hey, Mr. Combo will play that when we do Plane Chase. And it's because, well, I, I'm just big beaters. Yeah. And I just play it's, this it's linear very, thing. Yeah. You know, I don't think your Cursed Tribal would be no, well for Planeswalkers. I think there's two, I think there's two, there's like two ends of the spectrum, right? So you can really go with like super consistent. I'm going to play creatures. I'm going to play ramp spells. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit yeah. that. Or you go in the complete opposite direction, which is chaos. Plane chase is usually where I play my quote unquote worst decks, if you will, because <laughs> you might get lucky and win, or you might get just get lucky and just grind it out yeah. for forever. Or yeah. you might you might get unlucky and be stuck on the same plane for 19 yeah. GD turns. Or there was one where we played. I think we played. I think we played six, and someone had it when it had reverse turn order. Oh, so God, they played yeah. one turn and then had to wait. 15 minutes to play the next yep, one. So yep. yeah, but Plane Chase, most people most people are more familiar with it. Yeah, so uh, another one that you might not be so familiar with in an EDH environment, and this is actually one of my favorites, Two-Headed Giant. So Two-Headed Giant, basically when it comes to an EDH, you know, instead of having everyone be a free-for-all 40 life, you partner up with someone and you share 60 life, and yet when it goes to attacks and targets, Everyone still gets attacked specifically and targeted specifically, but when it comes to attacks, both parties can block for each mm -hmm. other, which is very, very cool. And I like doing two-headed giant because sometimes it's like you'll sit up and be like, okay, well, what deck do you want to play? And it's like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to play... 
Boros beaters, and it's like, ooh, you know what? I might pick Control Azorius, lock down our opponents, yeah. and then you can swing in. And it kind of brings us, it, it almost makes it to where you're brewing your deck and you're trying to figure out what the synergies are. But now you're doing synergies on the fly with this other person. How can I make your synergistic deck work with my synergistic deck so that way we can win? It's so much fun. See, the, this is something where you and I are very different. I don't like this format at all for me. Because he's not a team player, people. Well, it's just, it boils down to whoever's the most experienced player just dictates what's going to happen. Because you're pretty much just playing two decks on your own. If you're, if you're playing with someone who hasn't been playing as long as you are, they're just going to ask you what they want them to do. And then one person always takes over. But that's, very, not, that, that's not necessarily true. Because you and I have... But you and I have been partners, and I've been like, hey, yeah, Big Chuck, I, what, you, what would you, you like me to do? You and I are also at the same levels of playing, right? Which is rare, because no one wants sure. to play against the two of us, except for <laughs> you, Jimmy, and you, Josh. We'll talk uh, about that later. Two-headed giant CMD tower versus game night. It'll never happen. Oh, it'd be sick. But anyways, the point is, I, I agree. I think I think that this format is actually better in a draft or some sort of other format where you're not where you're you're brewing and building together, but you're not bringing pre-con decks in. Sure, sure. So the next one we'll talk about, we probably won't talk about this one a whole lot, yeah. just because it is super complex. <laughs> and we just play, I just played it for the first time last Sunday. Vanguard. Vanguard. Yeah. What so, the hell is Vanguard? So this is a very old one where they used to sell a Vanguard deck where there's an oversized card that is one of the characters from actually mostly the Weatherlight Saga. So your Gerards and Miri's, if if you will. And on each card, the card gives you a sort of Static commander ability. Almost think of it as like an emblem. Yes, yes, totally. So it could be, well, we'll get into it. It could be anything <laughs> where it's like your lands tap for double mana or your creatures get plus one, plus one. And then it also affects your starting life total and your starting hand size. So the problem with playing this in commander is that not all vanguards are created equally. <laughs> some of them are very good, some of them are very bad. Yep, we found that out. Yes, you find, yeah, you find that out the first time you play it random. And the taking extra life in uh, 20 life format is very important in this who cares and losing your starting hand in this format is way worse yeah so i think we played this once or twice and i realized i wasted 50 dollars on nothing <laughs> it's only really fun if you're screwing around and just trying to like throw this in with other things too yeah. yep yep so the, the last two be, just because they're they're not really related but they're very very quick to kind of explain and one of them actually our buddy davis created it last and i'm Sunday. a big fan of uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it, it was fun jury's, jury's out jury's, jury's out, out big so time. so the one of them though i called deck roulette yes this is Probably my favorite one over Two-Headed Giant. I would rather do Deck Roulette over Two-Headed Giant, to be oh, honest. Yeah, slammed up. Uh, but the issue is that it only works either A, if everyone has, let's just say, six or more decks, and they have them with them, or the other parties that may only have one or two decks are open to playing with the other people's yeah. decks. And then, so, how, uh, so how does it work usually? So, so usually the way that we do it is we'll line up the decks. Say there's six of us or, you know, yeah, we'll say six just yeah. to make, make numbers or seven, make numbers easy. So then you take a six-sided die. Everyone but the person rolling puts in one deck and you name them one through six. They roll the yep. die. Whatever deck they get, that's what they play. And then the next person, they'll take out their deck and the person that just rolled will put in theirs and everyone plays a random deck. The reason that this can sometimes be difficult is because, and we had this a lot with our buddy that moved to California, is he's like, well, I just want to play my decks. Right. And, or I only want to play, I only want to put my decks in. 
you know, even if I only have three. And right. it's like, well, we can do that, but then, you know, someone's just going to kind of get stuck or hosed right. or whatever. You know, you have to be open to learning other people's decks. And honestly, this is actually the one thing that I have enjoyed doing with Big Tuck is because we both have a combined 60-plus decks. I'll play some of his weird things that I personally think are jank, but then I play them. I'm like, man, this is kind of fun. Like the cycling one, Yeah, right? yeah. And, and it gives you ideas, and it helps kind of those juices because, honestly, outside of just constantly watching YouTube videos, yeah. and podcasts, how are you ever going to figure out what a new variant for deck building could be? And I think it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you or I, for the most part, can pick up a deck and figure it out, sure. right? So for me, it's fun because I've already built X, Y, and yep. Z deck, right? So I pick it up, it's completely different than anything I would play. Yep. But I can see how this could be frustrating for someone who's... It's frustrating, but good, right? Like, it's, as my dad would say, character building. Because it's hard if you're not as experienced or don't know the game as well as yep. you or I do to pick up a deck out of the blue Absolutely. with no helper or anything and run it out. Mm -hmm. But I think that in, at the, in the long game makes you a better player. Absolutely. Right? So if you can if you can get to the point, I always tell people there's multiple tiers of being able to play commander. I think the final tier that you can get to is no matter where you are, anywhere in the world, someone can give you a deck. You can look at the commander, look through a couple cards, and know how to how to move the game how to forward. Proceed. You know what? And I also think for the experienced players, this makes you a better deck builder. Because yes, one thing totally. I love doing is I'll build a deck, I'll play it two, three times, and then I, I whenever we do random deck roulettes, I'm like, please take yes, my deck, any, someone give else, me, yeah. feed, give yeah. me feedback, let me know. Like cut when this, I, cut this card, cut that exactly. card. Exactly. Yeah, when totally. I go to Magic Fest Vegas, I'm doing the four day Commander Pass, and I hope that I get to meet other content creators like us. And I'm gonna take decks that I honestly have questions or holes in and if we sit down to play I'm going to be like can you please play my deck yeah, yeah. I want some feedback on it you know it, it's always good to kind of get that outside perspective no I totally agree and, so, I, and I the only other thing I'll say is you got to make sure that the power levels of the decks are all somewhat sure. in the same range because one person can go infinite when someone else is just playing their jank but yep. that's usually not really a problem yeah uh, and then the last one, our buddy Davis <laughs> which, made which up I can't believe we're talking <laughs> I, about yeah, I can't believe it but it's so great Big Tuck what's it called it's called Half chub. <laughs> so, please explain, because I honestly I can't okay. stop laughing just thinking it's of so this stupid. name and how insistent he was on playing this. So this has been our friend Davis's idea for months, years, yep. who knows? And what you do is you shuffle your deck like normal. You you do your pile shuffling and everything. When you're ready to draw your first hand, you take the deck, divide it in half, then the <laughs> card that's left over you exile from the game. And then one, so you'll have two piles of forty-eight cards. Yep. Is that is that what we did yep. the math right? You have two piles of forty-eight cards. No, two piles of forty-nine cards. Forty-nine cards. Yes. And then what will happen is one of your opponents <laughs> chooses one of those piles arbitrarily. Yep. And then that's your deck to play Commander with. Yep. And then the other pile doesn't go to your graveyard. It gets it's, exiled, it's exiled as well. from the game, and you can't look at it. You yep. cannot look at the, You can only look at the card that's exiled. That's it. I <laughs> love this. It, that was so much fun. It was so stupid. We actually did this combined with Vanguard, so it was even double stupid. Yep. And and the whole reason we ended up agreeing to this is because we ended up getting done. The other two groups that were playing were, were like, oh, we're like fifteen. Yeah. yeah. They were like, we're fifteen minutes away from being done. It's like, well, we don't want to sit around and do nothing. So right. it's like, fine, we'll do. Do half chub. It would, it would be the thing. It's like if we were modern players, be like, "That's yep. bang out a quick modern game." But so we you don't know what? Play Let's start a revolution. Instead of Oathbreaker, hashtag half, half chub. chub. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, but I'm make not, it happen. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't care. Nah, God. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Anyways, that's pretty much all we have yep. for our MTG in the world. You know, just thank you for making it until the end. But as promised. 
Papa has some gifts for you. Details on the giveaway. So what do we got? What do we got, Mr. Combo? So we will be giving away a foil prismatic vista from Modern Horizons. Ooh. Yeah. And we all here at the Command Tower just wanted to really show their appreciation. We're we're starting out here. Having your help and, and getting the word out about us is really important to us. So we just want to, we want to give something back. Absolutely. And you know, and, and for at least a foreseeable future, we're gonna be doing little contests uh each month. Now, the cool thing is that it could be something foily and pretty like a prismatic vista or the thing i'm gonna be most excited for and hopefully we'll do this for the december giveaway is big tuck and i are gonna cram our heads together and build the jankiest of decks what? it's gonna be so much you came, fun you came to the right person <laughs> so if you're curious how in the world you qualify for any of this well i'm gonna be honest you probably already know because every other podcast does it but i'm gonna go over it anyways <laughs> so all you got to do is just really help promote the podcast and our site you know you'll get an entry for every single thing you do for example liking sharing reposting retweeting just tweeting the episodes that we debut but mr uh, combo views do not count right because we cannot track those. correct so but if you subscribe yes then that will count Excellent. and you know what even for probably through the end of this year if you follow my twitter and big tuck do you have a twitter no. Oh, that's some poor <laughs> crap. But you know what, guys? Hashtag Big Tuck on Twitter. We're making it happen. I I will tell you this. If it gets to a point where that's an actual thing, I will make a Twitter and actually use it. And that's a promise. Ooh, that's actually a, use it. That's a Big Tuck promise. I'll actually use it. Guys, just, just for record, he's still using Zanga, even though it's been shut down, but they kind of grandfathered they, him in. I, they missed my site. It's like when you, it's like when you get the unlimited data plan on a phone. So I still got all my tracks of Lincoln Park from 10 years ago. There we go. But, you know, it, it's something that, you know, I, I think through the end of the year will even count when you follow me or the potential Big Tuck on Twitter, you know, our main site, you know, has been up there on Twitter forever, yep. but you know, you follow us, we'll even count those follows, but any of this stuff, you know, on Facebook or Twitter or Spotify, whatever podcast, it's going to get you an entry in there. So for example, the September one for the foil prismatic Vista, we're going to announce on October 6th, uh, but we're going to do it via social media because honestly, as you guys have probably told, if you're uh, what, four episodes deep, yeah, that's right, four deep, uh, you'll know that we record these a few weeks in advance just because we're kind of figuring out the group of yeah. how to do the editing and everything. Out, yeah. Eventually, we'll get to the point maybe to where it's like we're boom doing it the week of. But instead of announcing it on the podcast, we're just going to kind of share it on social media and we'll reach out to you. So, uh, you know, like I said, it could be a really sweet card or it could be a really jank deck that we put together. Uh, Big Tuck, do you have any last thoughts on reaching out to our listeners? Uh, no, not really. All right, can't, all right. I'm, a, I'm a ghost. So <laughs> until, until, spooky I'm a ghost. Spooky ghost. until you guys, until I see a reason to get on, I'm not going to. So uh, that's fair. That's I'll, fair. I'll leave that to you. I'll leave that to you. But guys, hey, please leave us some feedback on iTunes, yeah. Spotify, or Stitcher. Or we just found out we're on like a billion other podcasts. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. That, that was pretty crazy. So uh, for all three listeners on Google Podcasts, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Question mark? I don't know. Uh, so if we totally suck, please let that roasting begin. My butt could use a few inches gone. But hey, if you enjoyed it, feel free to leave some, you know, positive or quasi-positive feedback. Uh, and whatever star review makes others want to listen to our garbage as well. If you would like to reach out to us and also, you know, find out how to enter into these contests, here's how you can really do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number 5 all spelled out except for that numero 5, on Twitter. Big Tuck, where can they reach you you can't ah horse crap not yet tirade number two <laughs> hashtag big tuck on twitter we're gonna make that crap freaking viral all 13 of you 
And then, uh, you know, you can also reach our main account on Twitter as well, at CMD Tower. And also, Big Tuck's actually our main editor on the website at www.cmdtower.com. You can also find us on Facebook at CMD Tower, literally everywhere but the post office. You know, if you want to engage this awesome production team that can help you with your own future projects, how would they do that, Squee McGee? Oh, you can find us at Rich Chaos Records on Facebook or Instagram or richchaosrecords.com. Awesome. And, you know, it's actually kind of cool. I was... uh, drinking a lemonade and tea with Squee before the podcast. I know, saucy. And he was even telling me he's working on some podcasts for some other, you know, nonprofits and groups. So, you know, please reach out to him. You know, he's he's a great guy. But also, more importantly, he has a full studio. So if you're located in the Sunshine State, is that what we're called? I think. Maybe. No. No, no, no. and it's sunny, right. and, and sunny Kansas City. If you're located in sunny Kansas City, you can uh, you know swing by, do your own sessions. He has guitars, he has maracas, he has everything, including a kitchen sink. Everything you need. And then also, of course, thanks again to Pink Royal for the music provided in this episode. Big Tuck, any last thoughts? No, I'm just uh, missing out this weekend, so I can't wait to hear about some stories while I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be sure to combo off as much as I can. Excellent. Mr. I would expect nothing, nothing but that. <laughs> Mr. Combo number five signing off. See ya. See ya. Sure.